Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What is up, Cougar fans? We've got two big BYU basketball wins to talk about today and get you ready for the home stretch as the calendar creeps toward March and its madness. Joining the Cougar Tailgate is a man that was behind the mic for one of those games, Spencer Linton, one of my great and dear friends. Spence, how are you? I am fantastic, Lauren. Thank you for inviting me to your elite club to discuss BYU sports once again. It is elite. I don't let many people on here, but when I do, you know you are one of the best. You know what it reminds me of, Spencer, when I say, how are you? Take a guess. Oh, you, a throwback to the year 2013 when oh. I believe we were taping something for BYU women's soccer and <laughs> I tossed it out to Lauren and you responded with, I'm good. How no, are you? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no wait, wait. Let's, let's, let's clarify here. I am trying out to be a sideline uh-huh, reporter for BYU uh-huh. TV. I was just, I was a nobody and this was my shot. And I didn't know the etiquette of sideline reporting. Spencer tosses it to me, and I say, how are you, Spence? I'm good. Silence. How are you, Spence? My yeah, microphone is turned you, off. I, I can't say anything back, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, boy. Silence. Here I am trying to impress the boss at BYU TV, and I say, how are you, Spence? No response, and my response is, hope you're good. Hope you're not good. Even correct, <laughs> not even correct English. <laughs> why, why I was able to capture that job is still a mystery. To one and all. Anyway, that's where, that's here, where here Spencer and I's and friendship blossomed. Here we are, seven and a half years later. <laughs> oh my gosh, where's the time gone? All right, <laughs> just so everyone knows how busy Spencer is and how grateful we are he's taking the time. Tonight and today we have men's basketball, softball, women's basketball, baseball, men's tennis, women's soccer, and men's volleyball. You guys, that's all in one day. Spencer, what do you got going on? Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to keep it straight here, Lauren. So Saturday. Oh, yep, yep. Looking at my calendar. Okay, we got women's basketball today for me. Uh, and and in all in full clarity, I lived my nightmare, my broadcast nightmare, just last week. There was Why? a there was a game time change, and no. I didn't get the update. Yep. Yep. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Yeah. Were you late? Super fun. So just hanging out, you know, taking my uh, kid's friend home from uh, hanging out at our house. And my producer sends me a message. Hey, are you close? Uh, no. Mm, well, the game starts an hour earlier than we thought it was going to. Okay. 17 broken laws later. I'm in Provo, <laughs> calling volleyball. Thankfully, but oh my goodness, it was I've ha- I've had that nightmare, that recurring nightmare, so many times, and uh, I I lived it. So, but welcome to the COVID era of rescheduling and sports, and uh, we Gosh. just we figure it out. No kidding. Good thing you are a professional, though, and you can you can sit down and in three seconds it, go on air, and hey, you are phenomenal. I'm trying. I've but, seen it, but it's women's I've basketball it today against uh, Portland for me. So. Okay, well, listen, let's talk about uh, – so Thursday night, the BYU men played Pacific at the Spano Center while the Marriott Center was busy with the women's team versus 16th-ranked Gonzaga. And you called that game. Gonzalez had, in 39 minutes played, uh, she scored 16 points and had seven assists. Paisley Johnson-Harding, 12 points. And Lauren – she does pronounce it Lauren. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Not Lauren, Lauren, mm-hmm, one of mm-hmm. those. Lauren Gustin, she had a double-double, 10 points and 10 rebounds. That girl's phenomenal. What was your takeaway from that game, Spence? Just that BYU has this knack of playing 
really tough and really well against Gonzaga specifically in Provo. In fact, I asked Jeff Judkins about it after the game. I said, all right, uh, you're able to do something that basically no other team in the West Coast Conference is able to do, and that's get the better of Gonzaga on a consistent basis. Uh, I think in, let's see now, in 10 games since BYU women's basketball joined the conference, uh, the Cougars have a 6-4 and four record against the Zags in Provo, and it's not close for any other team. And he wow. just says, my girls really look forward to this game every year. And Paisley Harding said, we just don't lose on our home floor. We, As seniors, we, we knew that we had to take care of business against Gonzaga on our home floor. So fittingly, it was Harding that hit the clutch shot with 14 <laughs> seconds left, fading away from the basket, little left-handed hook shot in the lane, defense in front of her face, and uh, BYU got it done again. But what a huge win. It takes BYU essentially from the last team in the NCAA tournament, according to ESPN's Bracketology, to now, I believe, a place where they feel they should feel comfortable about being uh, an at-large team, uh, even if they do have a minor slip-up here or there the remainder of the season. Oh, I love that. And, and BYU women's basketball, they have done really well in the WCC tournament. Do you, do you expect them to do the same this year? I do. I think the biggest question, Mark, is who is going to actually play at the West Coast Conference tournament? There's been a ton of discussion about the Gonzaga men's team, understandably, because they're the number one team in the country, and it's not right. like they're going to gain anything by going down to Las Vegas other than have to figure out where to put another piece of hardware in their expanding trophy case. Right. Uh, so uh, if they if they hold out, then do the Gonzaga women's uh, basketball team, do they opt to do something similar to the men and say, you know what, we we feel like we're confident to, that we're going to get in the tournament, which they are. I mean, they're, they had won 17 games in a row before last night, losing to BYU. Uh, or on thir- so they Thursday can just night, I should opt say. Out? So well, opt out. I, the the COVID era is so strange, you know. So I I don't know what the league is going to mandate, but Gonzaga they have all of the power in the West Coast Conference because they're the ones that are consistently winning, and by doing so at the NCAA tournament level, bring in the most money for the conference. So that right. th- there's just this positioning of powers and moving chips around and things like that, and so. I anticipate that the women of Gonzaga will be in Las Vegas, but if the men opt out, then what? Then BYU is the clear favorite to go down to Vegas on the men's and women's side for the Cougars and and be the favorite to win the conference tournament down there. So I expect to see, if Gonzaga's there, BYU's women's team at the least in the championship game on that Tuesday. That would be a bittersweet thing, honestly, if both Gonzaga teams decided uh, to opt out if they if they're given permission to do so because otherwise at least on the men's side BYU probably wouldn't have a shot and they and it's it's been so hard in the WCC tournament historically with Gonzaga it's just they're just so hard to get past this could be an opportunity for BYU to win it all, yes and that would be that would be awesome and think about this it's been twenty years since BYU's wow. men's basketball program won a conference tournament championship. They've won the regular oh season my. a few times, the Jimmer years, but even with Jimmer Fredette, BYU never won a conference tournament championship in the Mountain West. So while there might be an asterisk if Gonzaga doesn't show up, I don't think anybody from BYU cares. Like, no, just great. It was Gonzaga wasn't there, whatever. 
Let's let's win for the first time in 20 years. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's cut down the nets. You can asterisk us all the way home for all we care. We, we no did it. We did it. <laughs> totally counts in my book. Plus, Gonzaga is extremely bored of the WCC tournament. I, I guarantee it. Hey, so let's let's stay on the men's hoop side. Two nights ago, Caleb Lohner had a night with 19 points and nine rebounds. How about that oop? That was awesome. Alec Barcelo, 15 points. Trevin Nell in 26 minutes of play, scored 15 points off the bench. Now the men's team has LMU tonight. Spence, what's the impact of tonight's game for the Cougs? Well, this is, for me, the most frightening game remaining on BYU's regular season schedule. And keep in mind, the West Coast Conference just altered BYU's schedule, as they did every team in the WCC, to make the final week more intriguing, uh, intensify things, and, and this is not something that Mark Pope wanted. But so, out goes Santa Clara from BYU's schedule, their final game, and now they host San Francisco and St. Mary's. And they find out about this on Thursday, a week <laughs> away. And Mark Pope said, "You know what?" He was asked about. It, he said, "I'm just going to focus on LMU." So uh, he's I, thrilled. Oh he's my thrilled goodness, he's it. so upset about this, but um, he mm. he can't control it. So now it's. At LMU, and then San Francisco and St. Mary's to close things out. But of the three games on the altered schedule, this one concerns me the most because BYU just played arguably their best overall team performance of the year, certainly in league, with a 28-point win at Pacific. Caleb Lohner, as you mentioned, was outstanding. His breakout game, 5 of 6 from the three-point line. The dude shooting 46% from the three-point line after starting the season 0 for 12 from distance. And uh, you hmm. wonder what BYU is going to have left. They're going to Gersten Pavilion. It's been kind of a weird place in the past for BYU. Uh, I don't know what it is about those those small gyms that have a cement wall in the back of the hoop, but <laughs> it just hasn't treated BYU friendly. So it took a while to get used to it. But I feel like BYU is now uh, learning and understanding that dynamic and, and creating their own energy with how they play specifically defense, which turns into high-flying offense, which we saw against Pacific. I mean, that gym was as empty as empty any <laughs> empty gym that BYU has played in in Stockton, and BYU played at a very, very high pace, and the energy level is through the roof for the Cougars. So it's about creating energy, I think, starting with how you play defense and then that translates into high pace offense. So who's been your favorite guy to interview so far this season? Because there's a lot of new guys on the team that have come in. Who's your favorite guy to interview? Yes. That one's tough too. Can I can I choose somebody from the staff? <laughs> sure. Okay. Yep. Because I for me, I and I know this is like a cop out, but I am always so highly entertained whenever I talk to Coach Pope. I just cannot get enough of that guy. Like he always brings it with a different energy, and he gets really excited when he talks up here. Are you kidding me? This Gideon George, he's incredible. Uh, I, I think it's hilarious, and it it sets the tone. Um, but I, I love his emotion, and um, you, if you don't understand. Like, if you've never really met somebody that's competitive and you wanted to go to the, the dictionary and say, okay, this is the definition of a competitor and someone who wants to win, it's Mark Pope. That guy hates losing more than anybody that I know at BYU, <laughs> and it just lives his emotions on his sleeves. Um, but he celebrates so hard with his team as well when they when they win. And uh, I, I just – he is who he is. So – 
I always am very highly entertained by by Coach Pope because uh, I, I feel like he he's genuine and authentic in in his emotions, and he does a really nice job of um, presenting himself in in the public eye. Who hates to lose more, Mark Pope or Jerem Jordan? Ooh. <laughs> oh man, you've asking me all these uh, tough questions, I Lauren. Know. I'm just hard hitting today. Yeah. Spence. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Hope you're <laughs> Hope good. You're good. Um, I'm going to say Mark Pope. I, that's yeah. Oh, ooh. Jerem hate, hates to lose, but he does. Jerem's become accustomed to losing a little bit more than Mark Pope has. <laughs> he's conditioned to it more. He's hardened his heart. He's hardened his heart. I think that's what he's happened. calloused with all of the losses. <laughs> no, Spitz, you are one of my favorite people ever. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Oh, you bet. And good luck with all your many events, my friend. Hey, Lauren, just remember. Hope you're good. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll ne- believe me, I will never forget. <laughs> I will never forget that. All right. Thank you, Spence. You Up it. next for BYU men's hoops is LMU on the road. We've got the Lions AD, Craig Pintons, on the line talking tonight's matchup and how he's navigated this unique season. This is Cougar Tailgate. tailgate i'm lauren mclean loyola marymount is based in sunny la on a beautiful campus with a great history of basketball and other sports and today we're joined by the man in charge of it all lions athletic director craig pintons how are you today craig well, i'm i'm doing great lauren how are how are you doing is it a little warmer out here than it probably is in provo <laughs> right now well, that's what I was going to say. I, when I said sunny L.A., I was like, that jerk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yes, we, we got a lot of snow out here right now, but uh, we're hanging in there. <laughs> Jealous well, of your 70-something that, degree good. weather. Well, it is, it is tough, especially this time of year and with the, the spring sports starting up and you've got uh, the fall sports playing as well. You know, we are playing Portland in women's soccer, and that – match had to be moved here because Portland is about under four or five inches of snow. So they weren't able to play. Oh my goodness. It's yeah. not only do you have the pandemic, but you got to throw this crazy weather on top of it, right? Well, yeah. Crazy weather in other places that I guess affects us in those situations. But for the most part uh, here in, in Southern California, we really don't have to worry too much about weather delays of any sort. Yeah, you guys you guys have pretty perfect weather there in in Southern California. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's jump into some men's basketball. So LMU is sitting at third place in the WCC this year after ending with a record of 4 and 12 last year. That's that's quite a jump, Craig. So what what made the difference this year for the team? Well, you know, we we obviously had a, a coaching change and and head coach Stan Johnson, first year head coach, which what a time to be a first year head coach and <laughs> in the world that we're living in and and not really having a summer to prepare and uh, just do the normal things that you would do and and not even knowing at various points, whether we would be playing, if the season would be pushed back and everything that goes along with everything that's been discussed really for the last uh, year. And so that probably has been the biggest change. And obviously for us, look, we were out three starters last year uh, out of our starting lineup. So the, 
really the four and 12 uh, probably could have been even worse than it was because of that fact. So we're very fortunate to have uh, some of those starters back, although one of them is banged up uh, and, and out for the year, Damian Douglas. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously Joe Quintana didn't play last night and got banged up on Tuesday. So we only played six players last night. We'll see how many we have uh, for, for the game against the Cougars. Well, obviously something's working over there. And you mentioned Stan Johnson. What what has he meant to the team this year, despite kind of all the, the craziness and struggles that he's faced? Well, Stan is, is a superstar uh, in the making. And it's very rare that you have a head coach that comes in and is able to put their stamp and imprint on a program so quickly. And the last three wins that we've had against Pacific, we were down 14 with nine minutes to play. Uh, Santa Clara, again, we were down seven with only a couple minutes to play. And then last night at various points against USF, we were down as well and kind of came back. So the last three games have really been what Stan would refer to as as culture wins. And it really is when you have a, a strong belief in everything that you're doing and, and the team has really bought into that and they they believe if they play hard they've got an opportunity and uh that, that has made a, a world of difference and it bodes really well for the future of lmu basketball and coach johnson has coached at the university of utah played at southern utah so teams we're very familiar with here in utah what are some of your what's some of your journey before ending up in los angeles where were you before that Sure. Well, you know, much like Stan, you, you kind of, in this industry, you, you move all around. I'm originally from Wisconsin. And so I, I started my career at uh, Marquette as an intern. And then I went to Texas Pan American for two years, which is down on the border of Mexico, uh, which is crazy. And then I went back to Marquette for five years. I was at LSU in Louisiana for two years. And then I was at the University of Oregon for seven years. And now I'm in my third year here at at LMU. So uh, we have four children and they've been born in three different states. So that that's a pretty crazy, <laughs> crazy stat right there. That is, you've been all over the country and you say you're from Wisconsin. You're familiar with the cold, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. No, I, I am. I'm, I, I lived, grew up in it and uh, obviously I've lived in different parts of the country with different climates. So I, I can't say I missed uh, miss the snow and the cold. I, I really don't. I mean, it, it's nice to look at and look when we go to Provo or, you know, when I go up to Spokane next week, I'm, I'll kind of look at the snow from inside of my hotel room and that's good enough. <laughs> and then you're excited. Yeah. You, you, you take in the view and then you're excited to go back home. I'm sure. Oh so yeah. You're, no, it, it feels good. You're busy every year, I imagine, but this year and last year has been like none other. So what's a day like in the life of a D1 athletic director amidst the pandemic and with all these schedule changes? Uh, it, it's pretty crazy. And I think uh, I think Tom Homo can can account for that or vouch for that. I mean, <laughs> Tom is my role model because anybody who can schedule a football game in 48 hours is is probably figured out the scheduling thing. Uh, to a different level. So, you know, Tom, Tom does an amazing job there. And I think during this time in the pandemic, it, it's been tough on everybody. And the hardest part about it for us is not having students on campus. Um, you know, so our campus is completely closed. All classes are online with the exception of a handful that can be done uh, in person. And that probably is the hardest part about all of this because not having students on campus, you lose that vibe 
And then from a day-to-day, everything changes because uh, you just have to be prepared to pivot. And it's a great lesson in life that sometimes things don't work out the way you want. And I think everybody always talks about controlling the controllables. This has been the best lesson in that ever because a lot of times there are things and decisions that are made that are outside the purview of your campus even. They're being made on a county level or a state level. And here in Los Angeles County, obviously we've been more restrictive than most places. So it's been challenging, but it, it's rewarding at the same time because when you feel like you broke through on, on something, uh, it just, it, it's that much more fulfilling. Mm, I, I love that. You have a great attitude about it, especially like you said about the things you can't necessarily control. And you, you mentioned that there are no students on campus, which means obviously no fans in the arena. How have the fans stayed connected with the basketball team this season without being on campus? Well, I think that is where obviously streaming is, is obviously pretty important uh, just to, for people to view the games. But then really social media is such a critical component of any college athletic program, but even more so in a pandemic because you can provide that, that feel that you're still there or things that you're missing out on. And the great thing about coach Johnson and his staff is they really have prioritized that. And I feel like they've done a great job from a social media standpoint. Uh, Again, coach Johnson is probably the most externally gifted coach I've been around. And that includes, you know, stops at Oregon, LSU, Marquette, different places where we've had some pretty high profile coaches and, and some that were pretty savvy, but he's right up there with any, anyone in terms of promoting his program and understanding what it's going to take. And, and that's exciting. And it bodes well for our future as we continue to climb up the WCC. That's awesome. And like I said before, it's obviously paying off. The team has done some great things so far this season. From your perspective, without any fans in these arenas, there's usually, you know, some home court advantage. Has that changed as you've watched not even just basketball, but all the different sports playing so far this year? I, you know, that it, it'll be interesting for somebody with a lot of math background to actually study that and, and find out what the value has been of road games versus home. Obviously there's no, no substitute for having almost 20,000 fans in Provo at a game. Uh, to me, right. the environment at BYU for basketball is, is second to none. And I've been at, at a lot of different places and I, I, I'm not just saying that because I'm on with BYU. I would tell anybody that because I have seen a lot of different places and that home court advantage is, is worth however many points it is. And, you know, for us, um, we're, we're in a situation where we haven't drawn as well. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out that magic formula to get people to come out to games. Uh, so for us, maybe the home court advantage isn't as big. But for a big game, you know, look, with BYU, if, if we had fans tomorrow, this place would be sold out, you know, because A, anytime you're playing BYU, you're always going to get a good crowd. But B, I think people are starting to buy into our team as well. And so it would have been a great atmosphere tomorrow, and we won't have that. But um, as far as what it has done for home and away, I think more of it has to do with travel and when you last played as opposed to, obviously, the the home court advantage that the fans can provide. Because college basketball, more so than any other sport, I truly believe that the fans are worth probably at a – place like BYU, they're probably worth 
seven or eight points a game. Right. I, I actually agree with you. I think in some of these places, even even smaller venues where the fans are kind of right in their face, it has to be <laughs> the equivalent to, to some amount of points. And so it's it's just been an, a really interesting, unique season. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, things will get back to normal next year. But Craig, what is something we can look for in this LMU team that casual college basketball fans aren't familiar with? Well, a couple things. First of all, I would say uh, watch Stan Johnson on the sidelines because he is <laughs> intense and he will probably lose his mind at least three or four times during the game. And it's not on the officials. He's he's pretty calm with them, but on his own team, uh, he just is really intense. So that's one thing to look for. Another thing to look for is obviously how many players we're going to have available tomorrow. That, that'll be a big part of it. But the, the other person to watch is uh, Kelly Leapepe, and he, he's gotten a lot of attention for his hair. He's more than just a <laughs> mullet. Uh, he, he can he can play, and he's a really unique matchup, a really difficult player to match up against because he probably should be playing left tackle for the Cougars um, and, and would do an amazing job of that because he's probably about 6'6", 250, 260, and there's not a lot of fat on him, so – He's wow. a really unique player. He can mix it up inside, steps out and shoots the three, uh, close to 40%, and is about 85 from the line. So you look at him and, and you would think, well, that guy, there's no way he can shoot it like he can. But he's, uh, he's sneaky good from, from shooting it from three and from the free throw line. So very interesting player and very fun to watch. More than just a mullet should be uh, Kelly's motto. <laughs> I, you need to coin I, yeah, that. I know, like that. He is more than just a mullet. He 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 is, he's, <laughs> and he's just maybe one of the nicest human beings um, ever. He just is a he. He kind of fits the cliche. Uh, he's really a gentle giant off the floor because he just is a a really warm person and a great teammate. <laughs> I love that, and I love that Stan Johnson gets fired up because so does Mark Mark Pope as well. So oh, no. maybe we'll be Between watching. The we'll be watching them. the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> no, they. You know what? With the game being on CBS tomorrow, and I know they're doing some advanced analytics on the on the game. But what they really should do is just train one camera on Coach Pope and Coach Johnson because <laughs> I, I feel like if they both knew even that they were on camera, they might even try to one up each other because they both. <laughs> Uh, they both are pretty intense during a game, and they're fun to watch. I, I love uh, watching Coach Pope coach. <laughs> Craig, hey, you need to make that happen. You is the AD. You you got to have some pull with CBS. Maybe I'll hey, maybe I'll call. just uh, Instagram live. You know, Coach Pope for a while, and then I'll do switch over to Stan for a while. It'd, it'd be fun. I love that. Hey, I would watch that. All right, Craig Pintons is the athletic director at Loyola Marymount. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Craig. Well, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it, and. Uh, looking forward to the game. It's always fun when we play BYU. Looking forward to having fans back. And nonetheless, go Lions. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Craig Pintons, the AD at LMU, who came on with us yesterday. And Spencer Linton, of course, for coming on with me today. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. A critical Cougs versus Lions matchup tonight. This is Cougar Tailgate.